The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Welcome to The Money Show. Shapeshifters, of course, brought to you by Liquid Intelligent Technologies, a leading pan-African technology group with capabilities across 14 countries. Tonight's shapeshifter is Unati Kamlana. Unati is commissioner at the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, basically the police officer in charge of the financial sector in South Africa. In the news most recently uh, for a 50 million rand fine, which has been handed down to Viceroy in the United States. And guess what? They're not very happy about it. Um, have you had lots of angry emails, lawyers, letters, Unati, uh, as uh, as you've seen uh, the, the response from, uh, from Viceroy? Good evening, Bruce. And um, yes, indeed, uh, we have we have seen the reaction uh, on Twitter, and um, uh, also we did receive a lawyer's letter. But we did anticipate that that would be the situation. Uh, we do respect uh, Viceroy's uh, rights uh, in terms of recourse and to have our decisions reviewed. This is something that happens, of course, a lot of times with regards to regulatory action. Um, so, so yes, indeed, we've seen the the, the response. Okay, so you're not taken aback, not shocked, not horrified, uh, part of a process. Now, talk to me about a career, please, because you've gone the opposite way to what many people do, um, and that is many people might go and get some experience in the public sector and then move into a more lucrative career in the private sector. You started your career in banking. You worked at Standard Bank for a number of years and then went and worked for National Treasury, then to the Reserve Bank and then um, into the sort of divisions where your influence is now being felt within the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. Talk to me about that career path out of Rhodes University, um, good university, by the way, and then uh, into into a career in banking. Yes, thank you very much, Bruce. So, so indeed, uh, I did uh, grow up in uh, a township outside East London called Mutanzane. That's where I did all of my schooling, and then I proceeded to Rhodes to study a BCom and then later um, a master's degree in taxation. So that's my background. Um, and Standard Bank actually recruited me straight off uh, out of university, and I spent I think just over four years uh, in banking. And I'd always been interested in public service. Um, really consider myself myself a public servant at heart. It's really an orientation that I was exposed to at quite a young age. My father was a priest and, and his life um, uh, was really a commitment to serving the, the community. So, so when I found an opportunity to, to move to the public service, which was the National Treasury, I grabbed it with both hands, uh, starting in tax policy and then moving on to financial sector policy. And I think the opportunity then to go to, to a focused career of about actually a decade at the Reserve Bank, uh, was really, um, um, you know, coming from that background and understanding the role of regulation, its impact on the on the macro um, and its importance in terms of public policy imperatives around consumer protection, financial stability, and of course, competitiveness, uh, especially in a sector uh, as important as the financial sector. And yes, now after 10 years at the Reserve Bank, joined uh, the FSCA uh, three months ago uh, as commissioner. And it's uh, been quite an exciting assignment um, with a lot of uh, um, <laughs> exciting uh, opportunities, of course, uh, to, to also um, make enemies in inverted commas. 
But I think it's no, more... no, no. I don't think I don't think there are any uh, inverted commas at all. I mean, the point is, if you're making <laughs> friends, you're not doing your job properly. That I think is the the downside of this job is that you can't have friends, can you? I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a if you're going to be independent, you have to be independent uh, and ferociously so. No, correct. I mean, uh, we have to perform our duties without fear, favor, or prejudice, and uh, it does mean, like you say. Um, that uh, you, you will rub a few people up the wrong way, but it, it is it is all towards I mean to, towards the public interest. I think that all of us have got a good appreciation of what happens when you have ineffective regulators, um, the kind of risks that build up, the kind of cost that comes from that. I mean I think the 2008 global financial crisis uh, in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world uh, was was a good example. Uh, and in fact, it did have origins uh, in the conduct space, uh, in shoddy underwriting uh, standards and approaches and so on. So, so yes, uh, that's that, that's what I'm, I'm keeping myself busy with these days. Uh, I wonder how many people are in the public sector and regret the association of public sector work with what they do, not because of anything that they do or anything the departments do, but simply because of the, the dreadful reputation that South Africa's public sector has built up for it. Not everybody, not everywhere, and certainly not every government department. I think you've been uh, well shielded against some of the um, the negativity that we've seen in many government departments, having been at Treasury and then at the Reserve Bank, both that have been impe- impeccably governed for most of the last 25 years. Um, but it... <laughs> What what makes you keeps you loyal to the public sector in a sector where people you know it's a bit like being a banker in two thousand and nine and people would say oh you started the global financial crisis oh you work for government therefore you must be corrupt um do you find that sort of feedback? Yes, I mean I think um, I definitely meet a lot of people who, who wonder um, what is it, what what it is that I'm doing in the public service and, and think that there are better opportunities for someone like me elsewhere. I do think that. It's, it's about doing high impact work. It's about the fact that, um, unfortunately, you need an effective public service and you need the public sector to exist, to deliver uh, public goods and things that cannot be delivered uh, efficiently uh, by, by the private sector. And to the extent that then you can get excellent, diligent, effective and competent uh, uh, officials to do so, uh, all the better. For, for society. So I, I do think that, I mean, having spent at the time, the, the, the amount of years I've spent in the Reserve Bank and the Treasury before then, and now the FSCA, I think it is a part of government um, which does deliver uh, in terms of what the mandate is. And it is absolutely required for, for a small open economy, for a developing economy uh, in the emerging market uh, kind of category uh, to, to have those kinds of contributions uh, which help in terms of people assessing uh, the competitiveness of this economy um, and what the strengths of this of this economy and country are. So I I, I still feel uh, so many years later that it was a, it was a good call um, which which I made to move to the public service. Are you finding it hard to hire into the public sector uh, simply because of the brand image of much of the private se- public sector? Um, so actually, no, Bruce. I think I think especially in recent times with COVID and of course what it has meant for uh, many parts of the private sector and people downsizing and restructuring and so on. There's been a lot of people who are interested in adding value um, in, in the public sector. But even before then, 
especially people towards sort of retirement and, and sort of the end of their careers in the private sector. They've always felt, there have been a lot of people, very, very good and smart people, who felt the need to uh, to give back uh, and, and, and think that, you know, the regulatory space uh, in the financial sector is a place where, where they can do that. So, so it's not been a, a big struggle at all. Uh, of course, we have to do a lot more, especially for the younger professionals around retention, uh, because once they get to understand uh, how the financial system operates, and of course, the, the business model of a regulator in the financial sector is that you have a lot of interaction with the regulated institutions, and they establish those relationships. And of course, the good ones uh, will be so well sought after and, and, and uh, um, targeted. But in general, I wouldn't say my assessment, uh, certainly in my time at the SAR, uh, and in what I'm seeing now in terms of um, the FSCA, that has been a big, a big challenge. Uh, I, yeah, I remember Trevor Manuel getting really agitated at a budget breakfast once and somebody was being critical of public sector pay and he turned to Andrew Donaldson, who at the time was Deputy Director General at the National Treasury, and he just went, you want to pay this guy who's a Deputy Director General who's in this salary band the same as – and he you know, was pointing at, uh, at the time, state capture time, deeply problematic <laughs> Deputy oh. Directors General in other government departments and going, you know, there's no wonder that the public service is struggling because people with his talents – are going to the private sector because that's where they get paid properly. He should be paid considerably more, but his capability of being paid is limited by his rank in the public sector. And that's problematic, isn't it? Yes, no, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, I think, of course, um, one has, if they are joining the public service, uh, like I did, to have also a, a different philosophy about uh, what is fulfillment and what is success what does success look like? We are quite aware that we don't uh, command the kind of salaries that uh, our counterparts in the private sector do, or that we would actually command if we would move to the private sector. But it is about the other things that motivate us. And, and of course, uh, if it's a certain point in the future, one considers to make the move back to the private sector, that will happen then. But I do think that there are other things that are considerations um, around uh, what what our success looks like and how we should be therefore uh, assessing whether we fulfilled uh, than than just considering the the, the pay. So what is Unadi Kamlana's job? He is commissioner at the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. That's a job title. That's not a job description. He doesn't tell us what he actually does. In this new world of regulation, and most of that will put you to sleep, quite frankly, but it's absolutely critical to ensure the stability of the financial system. It's absolutely critical in ensuring the stability of the financial sector as well. It's a critical, critical job. He's going to give us some detail on how that works on a daily basis in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. FSCA Commissioner Unati Kamlana is our guest this evening. What's your day job, Unati? You wake up in the morning, um, you roll out of bed, sit at the desk, because that's what we do nowadays. Maybe you go to the office. But what is what is the day in the life of a regulator without the boring bits? Because a lot of it's quite technical. Um, make, make it sound sexy if you can. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I can try to make it sound sexy. I mean, I think... I think it boils down to um, strategy and direction setting. I mean, it's uh, it's a job of a CEO, uh, I guess, and then holding people accountable for execution. So I've got a staff complement of about, uh, say, 581 
um, and, and direct reports reporting into me and my deputy commissioners and some senior executives. And, and the daily job is to uh, follow up on, on ensuring that they are uh, sticking to the mandate of the organization. And of course, part of it is really about communicating about the job of the FSCA, whether it is about our approach to supervision and talking to industry, or it is about regulatory developments, um, or as I have been in the last couple of months, about enforcement action and, and what informs our enforcement action and, and what it is targeted at in terms of um, outcomes. So, that's, so what, that's what, what is the job? I mean, the, is, it's the job making sure that banks are properly governed, that banks stick to um, particular liquidity ratios, that banks don't you know, take unnecessary risk in their lending. I mean, what, what is the job? So, so, so the, the things that you've just counted are actually on the prudential side, which is the prudential authority's job. Our job is on the other side, which is, one, treating customers fairly. Uh, two, it is ensuring market integrity when it comes to financial markets. Three, it is about um, uh, literacy. So one of the things that are central to our uh, mandate is to ensure that we provide financial literacy programs because empowered customers, of course, are their best protection uh, in terms of how they interact and deal with financial institutions. And of course, the broader contribution um, from a regulatory perspective to financial stability. So, so the solvency stuff and um, liquidity ratios and capital ratios is, is, is what the job of the provincial authority is. And just how complicated is it? I mean, in a, a very, very competitive market, I mean, South Africa is a, is a ferociously competitive financial services market. There are huge numbers of banks, I mean, probably disproportionate to the relative size of our population, and we're seeing more banks come to the fore as well, uh, more mutual banks come to the fore. Um, it, it becomes a, it's a really quite dynamic and exciting space once again. No, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the job is really, it really needs one to be risk-based and focused. Otherwise, you can run the risk of trying to be all things to all men. Not every single institution requires the same level of attention um, and intensity of supervision, for example. So there's a lot that is required around investing in um, analytical capability to understand the data coming out of uh, the various institutions, analyzing complaints information uh, as well to inform um, what kind of issues you should be focusing on. Of course, governance always looms large as an area uh, of focus because um, the, the tone is set from the top. And if you don't get that right, uh, by the time you're looking at what customers are saying, uh, you probably are slightly late. So, so definitely the, 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 the crux of the matter is to be risk-based and, and focused because regulators also have limited resources and, and you know the size of the sector. So you can be all over the place and chasing, chasing your tail and not stand a chance in terms of being effective. How, I mean, there's compliance and there is fair play and integrity and honesty and decency, um, not words that we might have associated with the financial services sector globally of 2008, but uh, South Africa has always been ferociously regulated and I recall waiting in the Reserve Bank for example at reception um, to meet Jill Marcus when she was governor of the Reserve Bank and Errol Kruger when he was the registrar of banks it's a long time ago but just watching the level of people 
coming in looking very apprehensive. And it was like one of the best waiting room experiences ever um, because you'd see the CEO of this bank come in and the CEO of this global bank coming in because lots of them were sniffing around at the time. Um, and, and then they'd clock me and I'd clock them and I'd say, why are you in trouble? And they'd, they'd protest that they weren't in trouble. And But there was a, a real sense of respect for the regulators, I think, um, and an apprehension at having to go and report. Um, it's quite a powerful position to be in. It is uh, absolutely, but uh, I mean, it, it is it is it is a job that one has to do with all humility because I think it is the relationship uh, with regulated institutions that contribute to contributes to one's success. It must be that the regulated institutions feel that they can actually, uh, in addition to compliance, voluntarily disclose issues that uh, might become problems and challenges for them later, and and therefore we invest a lot of time in making sure that our supervisory teams are out there establishing those relationships and, and being proactive and preemptive uh, and evaluating in those conversations so that you're not just seen as a tick box approach because you're going to have that. And, and, and as we've seen in many parts of the world, uh, it doesn't work. And quite right uh, in terms of your assessment, Bruce, the South African financial sector has always been very intensely and I think intrusively regulated. And all independent assessments by the IMF and World Bank uh, on financial sector oversight have actually been that it's, it's quite it's amongst the, the best and the strongest uh, in the world. And it's something we can all be proud of because it contributes to confidence in the sector, which is important for both competitiveness and, and sustainability.